podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Anfield Index Fantasy Premier League podcast. This is your host, Srikant, back on hosting duties. We are going to be looking at game week and going to be all also looking ahead to game week 6 and 7. Uh, just going to jump into the show. Uh, the guest tonight, we have a regular guy, Drinker. Joining. Hi, guy. All right. Yeah, doing good. And we also have Tadiva joining in. So business might be familiar with Tadiva. He's been on a couple of pods now. So hey, Tadiva, doing good? Yeah, not too bad in yourself. Okay, the voice sounds a thirty game, thirty point game week though. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that. Obviously, that's what the whole show is about. And also joining, at least for me, first time ever, my my pleasure, I should say, to welcoming Ali onto the podcast. Hello, the course is over. It is, it is. Finally. Always, it's always guys' fault. True that. I only record and edit the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So let's, let's jump into the show game week five. Obviously, the game week which was touted to be the most crucial because obviously coming off an international break, the week where most people Either who had a good start or not a good start when looking at wildcard if you hadn't already taken. So let's jump into this and see who took the wildcard and how did they go and is it that the wildcard has failed? So that's what we're going to. So I'm going to start with Tadiva. I think Tadiva, did you take a wildcard or not this week? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm still saving mine. So you actually refrained from taking it after all the discussion. So yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been planning on, on keeping it here. It was sort of, the week after the, the international okay. break when I was, when I was going to use it. And then I seem okay. to have talked myself into trying to hold onto it until the November, um, international break purely because I know the second one I'm going to only use that maybe around game week 30 or 31, which is when you yeah. usually need it Probably when those, yes, exactly. When those double game weeks start to kick in. So I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't too worried about my squad. I didn't make, need to make wholesale changes. So I thought I, I can still save it, maybe do some little um, minor surgeries every now and then, maybe take the four-point hit every now and then. But um, <laughs> maybe I should have, eh? Maybe I should have taken it. Yeah. So bef- before Tariva goes into the team, just to inform everyone who's listening, and this was a pardon on a- Monday, and this is recorded before the Saints and Brighton game. So, considering the Champions League, we are doing an early podcast this week. So, maybe you guys, you just need to understand that there might be, the team scores aren't full. There might be a couple of us who have a player or two playing in the final game. But, yeah, Tadiwa, go ahead. I wish I had a player or two playing in the final <laughs> game. That definitely would help me out. Um, but, yeah, maybe I can just run through what my team did this week or what it's done so far. Oh, I suppose. Oh, nice. I could add a few points in there. But so far, I'm sitting on 44 points. But I suppose one Basaka is going to come in with another nine points. So it will be 53 points 
for this game week. Um, average points for this week seem to be 43 points. The highest was 131. Screw whoever that was. Um, my team going to the week, I had Fabianski in goal. He got three points as usual. He, he, he always gets a lot of saves. So even if he doesn't get the clean sheet, I, I know he's usually going to get three or so points. Um, I had Schlup who got one point. Alonso who got two points. Mendy who got a big goose egg. Um, and I think he even commented to apologize for, for all the fantasy people that have brought him in. Had After Salah, instigating people to bring in men. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think maybe he was trying to sabotage a few leagues that he's in himself. Um, Salah got two points. Nikita Ryan got one point. Mane got two points. Uh, Jovinho got two points. Wow, my midfield is atrocious. <laughs> uh, Jimenez. Jimenez finally got eight points. I've had this guy since the beginning of the season. He's hit the post, I think, 500 times. Finally feel vindicated keeping him for so long. He got one point, long may that, I mean, eight points, long may his goal scoring streak. Can I call it a streak? May that continue? No. Um, <laughs> Aguero as captain got 14 points and Bobby Firmino got nine points. Uh, my bench, as I said, one Bissaka to come into my team. He got nine points. Joe Hart was on my bench. He got three points. Uh, Kenny and Paltier both got goose eggs. So that's a 53 with uh, Aguero as captain. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to jump to Ali. Uh, so Ali, your team, did you take a wild card and how did this week go? No, I took my wild card a couple of weeks ago um, and it didn't pay off that week, but it's been pretty, pretty consistent since. Um, with subs and captain change, because I'm ending, uh, I'll, I'll finish on 56 points. Um, which is, it's above average and it keeps me climbing in all my, my mini leagues. So. Um, I'm up there. Um, I had Ben Foster in goal, who only got two. Uh, I did have Mendy, obviously, but Schlupp will come in for him. So it's, it's one point there. Alonso with two. Juan Bissaka with nine. Holabas with zero, which is unfortunate after the season he's had so far. Uh, one from Mkhitaryan, 20 from Hazard, two from Manny, two from Lucas Moura, seven from Aguero, and then I'll get 10 for Aubameyang, who was my vice-captain. Um, and then all my bench um, are non-starters, really. So we've all got zero. Oh, that's something to worry about with Champions League, though. No starters on the bench. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that as long as I keep on top of it, all my first mm-hmm. team are. Look, I've got. There's a lot of room to 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 drop down, just to to change over to build up my squad. But I just felt with the fixtures that coming before the Champions League, it was good to have. Like the main guys firing. Um, I mean, I've pinned my hopes on Aubameyang this season, and it's kind of failing so far. So I, I, I can look to change that, but I, I'm not sure how much the Champions League is going to affect because I've got quite a lot of the big clubs. I can't see many of them getting rested. You know, Aguero. I think you, can, you might see Jesus going for the Champions League. So I think Aguero might be the one constant. Arsenal are struggling. Obama Young is going to be a guarantee. We're not going to really drop Manny very often. Same with Hazard at Chelsea. So I'm fairly confident my big guys will keep me going. Lucas Morris probably my only worry for rotation, yeah, the way the way Spurs play. Um, and obviously Sun just coming back now as well. 
But then Lucas Morris pretty much their only player that's been performing to a decent level this season. Fair enough. Fair enough. And not surprised Holiba's got a zero. He was my transfer in this week. So that was a guaranteed zero there. But um, <laughs> I should have noticed <laughs> that one. <laughs> so going on to Guy, so what did you do this week? Was it a wildcard week for you? Oh, yes, it was. At last. Yes. <laughs> and I got about the same score. But I think this one, well, I've still got a couple players left to play in the game that's tonight, um, so might get a bit better, but um, uh, I can't be bothered going through my old team, so listeners, if you're that arsed, you could probably tell who's been transferred out and transferred in. Um, So I've got Ryan in goal, who's obviously playing in like half an hour. Pereira, who got free. I think he won a penalty, but also gave away a penalty, so I'm not sure how he got free. Um, Mendy got me a zero, and God, I'll get to my first substitute. Um, Alonso got me two, because I brought him in and then broke him, because that's what I was planning to do. Um, Robertson got me two. Mane, two. Lucas Moura, two. That's a lot of twos. Um, Hazard got me 20. Vardy got me two. Still got Danny Ings to play. And Aguero, who was my captain, got me 14. And then my (laughs) first sub is Adama Traore, who got me one. Because I forgot to change it about. And I've got one Bissaka as my third substitute with nine. (laughs) So you're just two players... With two players pending, and what's the score, guy? Uh, 47. Okay. It's not too bad. So, you have Ryan and Ings, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, so six is another as to play. I need Ryan to save, like, four penalties. And I need Danny oh. Ings not to take those penalties. <laughs> <laughs> and yet score three. Yeah. That'll balance out nicely. And then you can switch off the game and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. But so it's kind of you've hit the you're near the average with the wild card. So you're happy with how the wild card has gone, or you think maybe not this week, but future weeks will be better, right? That's yeah. what most wild cards look to be though this season, not an immediate success. Yeah, I think the Spurs Liverpool game affected me quite bad, and the and Mendy not playing didn't help, didn't bloody help. But uh, I think. Once, once Mane, Moore and Robertson have a more favourable fixture, I think it'll balance out well. And um, once Jamie Vardy's back in the swing of things, because Leicester seemed pretty awful just watching the highlights, so hopefully they get a bit better. I've got to take out um, Pereira and Vardy, but no, I think I think it's good. I think I've just got to rearrange my bench more, more than anything. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to run through my team one rare week where I can say it's been a good week. So I had, obviously I made one transfer. I had taken the wild card. So I took out Pereira from Leicester. And as I said before, I got in Holiver. So that, that worked out really well. A loss of three points actually. But in terms of the team, I had Ederson in goal who gave me seven. I had Mendy giving me zero. Robertson two. Alonso two. Van Bissaka 9 and Holeva's 5. So I actually played a back 5 this week mm. because I was quite not sure because I obviously I'm going to come to my bench and you'll know why. Uh, I had 5 at the back then I played a midfield 2, a midfield 3, a Mane 2 points. I had Fraser who gave me 18 and my captain was Hazard who gave me 40. 
and in terms of my front line i had two two friends wilson who gave me four and aguero who gave me seven and i had to play back five because my bench had huge will use in the bench who obviously is the first sub my second sub is richarlison i never took him out and he's going to be eligible next week so he didn't play and obviously my third sub is kamara who is not even in the squad so i my only sub was will use and he's going to come in for mendy because mendy zero will use is two so and my week ends with a grand total of 93 Got and it. it's just been green in all leagues the one week i do well and we don't do a podcast and the one week <laughs> you do well you make us come I, on at midnight your time to do a podcast <laughs> i couldn't leave it because i know this is not happening for the next 10 years <laughs> Next week it's going to be reverse 19 points something like that. Oh, next year or next But, season when I do well one week we're definitely doing a podcast. See this week was all about issue at Captain Hazard it was a totally different week. People yeah. who had there are three categories people who have Hazard and Captain a lot of people who had Hazard but went with the reputation Aguero and third was obviously didn't have Hazard at all. it was because and if you notice especially sari complaining after the game saying that hazard is actually playing too deep and he doesn't like it and he thinks that if he plays advance he is going to score 40 in the season which is sounds exaggerated but a player of his talent i can't rule out 40 40 so obviously it's suddenly this 93 or points is jump my total and also let's let's go to game week 6 to guy i'm going to come to you because obviously you have gone to the wild card You've seen your deliver your team as at least on paper has delivered an average performance. What would you advise for people who have taken the wild card this week and has not worked out? Because I'll tell you, there are a couple of people I know who there is one person who's in my mini league. He's doing really well. I'm not disputing his total score is far more than mine, but he took a wild card, then a minus sixteen and another minus sixteen. How bad was his wild card? <laughs> So that that that's what I'm saying. You you and his total score is still above me. I'm not joking. His total score is was, was kind he, of like he's like 20 was 20 points ahead of me. <laughs> no no no. So his total oh, is around uh, 332. Oh god. So um, so obviously that that's a trend which works. While there are people who are prepared to give the wild card a few weeks because. lot of people you didn't do a wild card for this game mm-hmm. right you did it for yeah, the next yeah. few game yeah so obviously how how would you react in terms of your team um well i wouldn't take two <laughs> consecutive minus 16 um i think with anything i think it it's what you do at the start of the season more so than anything you give it a bit of time um uh, to see what players are like but I mean, it's hard to judge in it with that bloke's um, situation, but it, unless you've literally like brought in the whole Cardiff eleven somehow, uh, it can't be that bad long term. So I'd give it a few weeks at least, and you can always take, you can always do your your, your free transfers and take the odd minus here and there. Um, but I, I just, I just echo patience really, and just. I, I've already I've already made my one transfer for the week, but unless Aguero's yellow triangle of death is worse than I, uh, than it's uh, meant to be, um, I, I just keep the free transfers and keep your keep your team ticking over really, because um, if you if you were that desperate to take a wild a wild card, I know the bloke you said was doing actually quite well, but it, it can't get it can't 
be bad forever unless you've done something horrendously bad. That's that's the only thing I can think of. So just just try and use your your free transfers to f- to fix what you've done rather than going overboard with the minuses. Because minuses, except for this bloke who's obviously mint at the game, <laughs> um, it, it it it's it's punished me in the last few seasons. The the minuses I took, so I've tried to stop them, uh, which probably just be my I advice. Don't, I don't disagree. Last season, there was the one week I actually like had a meltdown. I said this school actually screwed up my whole season because I took a minus twenty four. Mm. You remember, guy? I was on that pod. We did this pod. I yeah. took a minus 24 and that actually killed me for the whole season in terms mm. of returning. So I, I get what you're saying. I'm also going to go to Tadiwa because I had total counter questions. So Tadiwa, you have one who was held back on the wild card. Isn't there a fear that you're delaying your wild card and that you are going to fall back as one in terms of the rankings? And two, by the time you take wild card, people have the same teams anyway. Isn't that a fear? Yeah, that's definitely something to fear. And, even to to increase the discipline I had this past international break, I didn't even make a single transfer to my team. So um yeah, um I, I think I can see that obviously I have taken a hit in if I look at my AI contributors league ranking, if I look at my uh ranking with regards to um Private Friends League. I'm, I'm still doing relatively okay. I'm in second place. Um, the chasing pack has sort of caught up to me a little bit, but I'm one point off the lead there. And I suppose that one, you get a title at the end of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm more paying more, more attention to that. Maybe that league is giving, um, is influencing what I'm doing more than, uh, some of the other leagues that I'm in. Uh, in terms of people will have the same teams later on. It's it's not too big a concern for me because there are a lot of big hitters that still haven't even been factored in. If you look at the likes of uh, De Bruyne, now De Bruyne is going to come back maybe around November time, and if you're not going, you know, he's probably the one city midfielder that's guaranteed in that team. Maybe Sterling as well, so that could be a factor that comes into play. Also, you have people like Harry Kane who. It's been criticized, you know, that, that he maybe he's not giving the return, especially for the value that he, he has in the game. Those, t- those type of strikers, they're going to start to hit the ground at some point in time. And at some point in time, it's going to get so unbearable that you have to have him in the team. Now, if you've used your wild card, it's going to be very difficult to try and upgrade any striker to Harry Kane. You're going to be moving at least, you know, three or four, four pieces in your team to try get to him. Also, as um, Ali mentioned, the likes of um, Aubameyang, they also haven't hit the ground running. You look at the Ericsons of the world. And I just feel like there's quite a lot of players who haven't hit the ground running that once they get into the groove, they're used to the Champions League or used to European football slash Premier League football. They're now in a, in a rhythm. There's a lot of managers that have changed, that have come into teams. So teams are still sussing out how to play for those managers. So there's a lot of variables at the moment. Once those variables tend to settle down, then I think a lot of these big hitters can become a constant, and that's when I'm looking to use my wild card. In terms of now, I don't see the point of me using a wild card just for the sake of using a wild card or just because everyone else is using a wild card, especially like you said. um, I mean, especially like I said earlier, I didn't um, make a single transfer 
during the international break. So I did have two free transfers and I know we'll talk about our teams heading into the next game week. I did make three transfers this week and I could do that without a wild card and only drop four points. So I, I do think there's merit. If you still can tinker your team and your team isn't that bad that you need to use a wild card, I don't see the point of just using one just for the sake of using it. I think those are very fair points. There are teams or at least specific players you have named who have failed to hit. Like Spurs, United, you could name two teams. And maybe Arsenal, you could at least say with someone like Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang who have not hit the floor running. So I'm just going to extend this point into Ali. Ali, uh, you are someone who has taken an early wild card like me. And how how would you handle the scenario which uh, Taliwa has mentioned? Let's say Harry Kane starts firing or say... A big name, couple of big name midfielders start firing. The, the the rejigging of the team is going to take quite, in terms of quite the number of transfers and also ability to handle the fund. So how do you handle? Is there a money in the bank strategy? Because I'm going to talk about the money in the bank strategy. So how how do you or do you have, have you forethought this and what's your plan to handle such a scenario? Um, um I'm not sure. I, I I'm quite. Religious in the way I do my wild card. I wild card within the same couple of game weeks every season. I always have done. Um, it tends to always be the week before the international or the one after. Um, I, I kind of set up. I, I usually set up for that four week period and then do my wild card and go for the rest of the season. But I think you can always change. Like I mean, I, I've never owned Harry Kane for for a season. Um, but as you say, for a big striker or for a De Bruyne coming back. The money, I, I mean, I've got money in the bank and I've got money invested in big players, so it would only take a couple of transfers for me. So, so as long as you're setting up that way, um, it should be manageable within, like the way Tado has done it, you know, he's, he, he, he's got two transfers and taking a minus four, even a minus eight at this stage of the season, isn't really going to hamper your overall. You know, when you go into, like as you said earlier, the back-to-back minus 16s, or as you you done yourself last year, I'm, I'm minus 24. I mean, that can hamper you, especially if you have a good week just to, to balance it out. But if you can take a minus four and get three transfers out of it, you should, unless unless you've planned poorly, be able to upgrade to any player and not really hamper your team in another area. Absolutely. So people like us who have taken wildcards, there are obviously two ways only you could do save a transfer for a week so that you get two and then you will have an opportunity to do three with the minus four. That is obviously what you have said. The other way is something which I followed. I have money in the bank. So I have 4.2 million in my bank, which is basically a buffer for me to literally switch to anyone, as you said. So there are multiple, for people who have taken early wildcards, there are two ways. Obviously, save, be patient, be disciplined, save transfers on a couple of weeks so that you get two and you could do three or you need to have money in the bank. So I have money in the bank for two things. One is the fear of Kane, obviously. And I want to jump onto the bandwagon when he starts scoring. And obviously, that is the point. I'll have to move on to Aguero when Aguero also starts getting rotated. That is, which means that at the current prices, I would need a 1.2 or 1.3 million to jump to Kane. And then I also want to have a cover for De Bruyne when De Bruyne comes in. But the, again, for me, the personal challenge is De Bruyne and Kane. We are looking at few game weeks away. And I have a bench that is keeper plus three subs of which two of them don't play. And Will Hughes is a dummy. So I, my personal quick strategy is to obviously look at maybe investing in a third forward and getting him. So let's, since we are talking about game week six, uh, Tadiwa, I'm going to come to you. Game week six, 
but just general couple of trends which has emerged one is obviously low not you would say not premium but just below premium midfielders scoring a lot and defense being invested heavily in we, almost most teams have the holy trinity as they say now in fantasy women of robertson mendy and alonso so obviously that's a huge outlay of your money in your midfield which is obviously compensated by the midfielders some premium midfielders doing well so in terms of formation how do you approach this period when obviously the big teams where most of us are many players in are getting farmer games because we have the league cup and the champions league there is bound to be one not game here or there where your players are not going to play so how are you approaching is it, is it very imperative you have 15 members who are actually playing so that you always have a cover and also do do, do you is this the period where you are going to look at flexible formations or what is your personal strategy you always stick to a single formation and i traditionally usually stick to a 343 um but this season i think uh, as as you showed in in this past game week it's very um reasonable to go or you can even justify going with five at the back considering how well the especially the wing backs of teams have been doing this season i think heading into such a busy um part of the season especially for the big teams and as you said a lot of people have a lot of these big players i do see value in maybe keep keeping the the high end strikers and the high end uh, defenders i think those especially the high end defenders usually those guys are going to play more 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 times than not uh, the teams do send, uh, tend to try and keep a settled back four uh maybe the likes of spurs you might be careful with their with their lineups because obviously they do like to rotate their their fullbacks but you can see a, a guy like an alonso being able to play twice a week every odd week not necessarily that he'll do it every week but he he seems like someone that's capable of doing it um every now and then and then also you have to take into consideration if alonso plays one week chances he's more likely to get a goal and assist um in one week whereas another uh defender over two weeks is probably not even going to get a clean sheet they'll get just two two point games so that also comes in as a factor where a lot of the big hitters i think you can take a gamble on them i've seen people take a gamble on trippier saying i know he's going to be rotated but he's involved in all of their set pieces they've got a solid defense well history shows they've got a solid defense so i can make up enough points when he does play um that it won't matter when he when he doesn't play and then make sure you've got someone on your bench that maybe picks up the odd two points every second game in terms of midfield i do think there's a lot of um at the moment if we're looking at form there's a lot of midfielders that aren't in teams that are going to be playing in in europe who are playing well you look at the guys like fraser who you know at 5 he's 5.7 now i'm sure having him in your team could be vital especially if he keeps his form going not necessarily as a cornerstone but even as a backup to say at least i know he's gaining other two points or maybe three points by keeping a clean sheet bournemouth have um aside from liverpool they've considered the least amount of big chances created so they you know their defense is looking pretty solid then you got obviously the likes of Pereira maybe they didn't do too well this weekend just to keep an eye on how well Watford continue to progress but 
Um, and then even other guys looking lower down, Madison, Madison seems to be quite heavily involved in Leicester's attacking play. You know, so there's a lot of these type of players. As you said, you've kept Richarlison. Richarlison will be coming back. There's a lot of these, um, midfield players who could pick up the pieces or carry the water, so to speak, for some of the big hitters. And then if you look at attack, as, as, as I mentioned with the defense earlier, attack seems to be not as rotated as Maybe the midfield, midfield, because they're going up and down the pitch. I think they're more likely to be rotated. So you look at the guys like, um, as Ali mentioned earlier, the Aubameyangs. Arsenal can't really afford not to have Aubameyang play some sort of role, even if he's playing just 60 minutes in a game in the Premier League and also playing in Europe. You have to have an Aubameyang in the team. Like Azette was looking decent when those two play up front. Um, I have maybe Firmino in my team. I think Firmino more more than not is likely to play. Klopp seems to play him even when you can see the guy is, you know, pretty finished on the pitch. Klopp likes to keep him on the pitch. Um the Aguero thing might be interesting because they only have two strikers really with um Gabriel Jesus and Aguero. So that will be interesting to see. Does he prefer one in the Champions League and one in the Premier League? But depending on how Pep, you know, shows his hand in that in that um, front line, as we said, his midfield, there's a lot of options he can pick, but up front, there's really only the two. So you could sort of, sort of suss out a pattern of who he's going to prefer for the league and who you'll prefer for the Champions League. And if you can get that right, I think a city striker would, would be very, very useful, especially with the fixtures they have, um, coming up. Yeah, I think I get this point, especially the one you said initially about Trippier, where a player provides benefit over the whole season, but it provides benefit only if you keep him for the whole season. Though, If you start losing patience, then obviously the benefit of having him doesn't... But I think a lot of fair points in terms of ability to balance. So, Guy, coming to you, same question. Uh, fixture load coming in for the big teams. How imperative it is to have 15 members playing or do you, do you still going to bank on 11 and a single formation to play? Anything more you wanted to add from your point of view? Um, well, I, I've got quite a strong fifteen um, myself, um, and I've got a, I've got a decent. I think I've got a decent balance of, of non-European playing teams and um, and European teams. And I think the fact that Man City have a horrendously easy week, easy group in the Champions League means they'll probably end up playing the likes of. Jesus over Aguero, in my opinion, you'll probably see the the Phil Fordens come in. Um, probably wants to uh, actually uh, qualified like on game three, so maybe maybe after a couple of weeks, Man City can just pretty much play. Well, calling them a second string team is basically they'd probably just come top four in the Premier League, but they could probably play their backup players by game week three, and. Um, how how seriously do, do Chelsea really want to take the Europa League? I mean, is is Hazard going to play in that? I'm not even sure who's in their group. Um, so, but they could probably they could probably get away in the group. I mean, today we mentioned Alonso there. They've got um, Emerson as backup. Who cost, I think he cost twenty thirty million, and uh, he he's going to need games somewhere. So I don't even think Alonso's going to be a factor for the midweek games unless they've got a harder group than I can imagine. But um, yeah, I think mine's got a decent balance. Probably my most concerning one is probably Lucas, because with with Son back, I imagine them two will be rotating for places, and then with Mane and Robertson and Klopp, 
likes to play uh, the front three as much as he can, but now we actually have backup, maybe that'll change. And Robertson, because we do have a tough Champions League group and we've got teams like Southampton, I know we've got Chelsea, but um, I think it's tougher for Liverpool because I think we have tough fixtures around our Champions League ones. So I could like, with Robertson, who's in my team, you could probably see Robertson play a PSG and then Moreno could play against... Um, Southampton for this week, for example, but I think in the future we play teams like Man City after like Red Star, so it'd probably be um, roles reversed in that one. But uh, yeah, for me, I think you've got to go have a decent, pro- not 15, probably 13 or so, because uh, most people's backup goalkeepers you can just bugger off. But if you've got two decent players on the bench, I think you're fine. And I think for me, it's just it's getting the right lower league players. I mean, Ryan Fraser seems to be the one at the minute in midfield. Juan Bissaka, the one in defence. And then in, in up front, um, there's a couple. But Danny Ng seems to be quite popular. Then you've got your Mitrovic's, your Callum Wilson's. They're probably going to play all the time unless they've got injury issues or really drop out of form. But if they drop out of form, you're going to get rid of them for the for the next thing. And um, we've seen that in, the, in before when we people had like Josh King and stuff like that. There's always that flavour of the month, isn't there? But I, I'd always have a, I'd always like to have a strong squad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Ali, you want to add anything on this uh, discussion about having strong teams or just backing on a standard eleven and a formation? Yeah. Well, the reason I kind of go with the eleven is, I mean, defence aside. Like if you're you're talking like guys talking Lucas Moura and and we've obviously got Manny and like so say Aguero and the, even if they're rested there's a good chance they're coming on anyway. So your subs kind of null and void because they're going to get you a point minimum coming on in the 70th minute. You know when they're either just to to get minutes. Very rarely are you going to see like a, a Manny or an Aguero or. Hazard, um, Mkhitaryan, you know, a player like that, just sit on the bench for the full 90 minutes, so that you're, then your sub, who you bring, who's sitting at the top, if you've got a stronger squad, f- to come on. So you can still end up with your, say, Awan Visaka with nine points sitting on the bench, because Alonso's come on in the, the 70th minute for Chelsea. You know, so it's, it, it is one, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, I, it's finding that balance, I guess. Um, I but, think, I think, that's my worry as well, because I want to upgrade Kamara to a forward, which would mean I could play a midfield. Whenever I want, I could play midfield five, I could play a back five, I can play all three, which would mean that it, it's just going to be, ultimately, it's going to be a game of roulette. I have 14 players, removing Hammer, I have 14 players who could play, but who do I play which week? So the flexibility is great, but it also creates far more combinations for you to design. And you never know when you're going to click. And, and you know how bad you feel when you look at your... I mean, I think I in game week two, my bench was like 30 points. Because I had a strong squad at the time. You know, I had the evenly balanced out yeah. over the... So I, I missed out on these players. And then the times that you have got a, a semi-decent player on the bench and your player doesn't start... But then he comes on in the 80th minute for, for a 10-minute cameo. And then you, you lose out on the bench points anyway. So it's it's kind of just it's finding that balance for yourself, whatever you're most comfortable with. I would rather have a very strong 11. I, ideally, I would maybe like one strong player, maybe two. Like Guy says, like a, a, a lower league, like a, I'm going to bring Ryan Fraser in. Um, you know, somebody like that on your bench, just on the off chance, but 
you don't want to heavily invest a lot of money if you're going to take away from the big hitters who are going to be, you know, top five, top ten in their position all season. Um, I just don't want to have the decision to make and then start flip-flopping and then picking the wrong one and then getting fed up halfway through the season because I can't make up my mind. I think all those diverse viewpoints, but I think from each point of view, it's very fair. So I'm just going to lump, jump into game week six. So obviously, I'm going to go to Tadiba because he's already mentioned that he's made three transfers. So I'm interested to hear what what are the moves he's done and why, more importantly, why he's done in terms of how many game weeks. So Tadiba, up to you in terms of your lineup. What three changes have you triggered? Um, okay, so I had, let's see, let me go look into it. So the, the big change that I made is I got rid of Mo Salah. I think with Mane and Firmino, and then obviously the long-term plan is to eventually bring in Robertson. I think you can cover the points that Salah is going to get if you look at those three players for Liverpool because they're going to get the assists or the goals. You know, they're going to be involved in Liverpool goals. If you look at um, Firmino, Mane and Robertson, uh, obviously Robertson has also the, the chance of getting the clean sheet, but Robertson has been pretty useful going forward for Liverpool. So I do think if Salah is going to be scoring, then maybe you can counter that by having an assist from a Mane or an assist from a Firmino or that Robertson far post cross to, to Salah getting on the end of it. So I had to get rid of Salah. I thought at, at 13.0, I think his price is way too steep for what he's producing at the moment. And as I said, because I've got my wild card, I can always, once those big hitters start hitting again, I can always then play my wild card to get them back in. I've got a lot of money in, in, in terms of profit made. So I'm, I'm happy that I will have enough money to make a strong squad once the big hitters start hitting. Um, in terms of the reason I brought Hazard in for him, it's just because Hazard is, is playing, um, really well at the moment. Him and Alonso down that left hand side, uh, seem to be gelling quite well. And then especially because Giroud has now been, um, it seems like he's now got the nod for starting up front for Chelsea. And the important thing for me is if you look at Hazard and the way he plays, it reminds me of the way Griezmann plays whenever he has Giroud. People are always wondering why Giroud always starts for, for France. If you look at the World Cup, he didn't score a goal. Did he get a, a shot on target even? I don't think he got a shot so. on target. Yeah, the, I don't think he, it, it was some crazy stat like that. I think he didn't get a shot on target the whole World Cup. But what Giroud does is he occupies a lot of the defenders um, and he's very good with playing those one-touch flicks to the guys running onto it. And Griezmann, that's one of the reasons Griezmann always advocated for Giroud starting instead of Benzema because Griezmann can feed off him. And he, if he can sort that similar type of partnership with Hazard, which it seems like they've started to do, then this could be quite a fruitful season for Hazard. And as um, sure you mentioned earlier, uh, Sarri wants Hazard to be playing closer up front. So he's going to be playing closer to Giroud. That link up play is going to be key. So I think, uh, Hazard going forward is, is going to be quite fruitful. Um, and then I took out Mikita Ryan. I was trying to hang on to him. I was hoping he was going to stay in that Arsenal squad because he is a very, very creative player. And either Mikita Ryan or an Ozil in behind 
both at, at the tandem of Lacazette and Aubameyang, you definitely know those guys are going to get a, a bag loads of assists. The only problem is Nkitarain isn't starting, and I can't afford to have um, a guy like him only getting one point a week and maybe hoping he comes off the bench and gets an assist. Uh, it, it just wasn't worth it. So I, I've gone down from him to Frazier, who obviously he's the man in form at the moment. Uh, I also did it partly for his price rise. As I said, I'm keeping, I'm keeping that in, in, in mind as well, which players are going to be getting price rises. Hazard got a price rise. Frazier got a price rise. And these were both before uh, the price rises were after I bought them because I sort of bought them during the day. Um, of, of their, their game. So I think on, on Saturday during the day, as soon as I saw how well they were doing, I, I made those transfers. So I did get those price rises and it, it will then help me maybe later on when I do the wild card. And then the last person I, I brought in, I had to get rid of the guy I've had since game week six and I celebrated him today in Jimenez for Wolves. I would have loved to keep him and I do think he could be quite a good, um, lower valued striker heading into, um, the rest of the season, actually, he's just got the United game this coming week, and then he's back to having some nice fixtures. But the reason I got rid of him is so that I could bring like Gazette in. I did want, I think it was partly because I got rid of Nikita Ryan, and I did want to still have an Arsenal attacking player. And if Lacazette continues to be involved in their attack the way he has been, and especially now, hopefully he he's earned a spot next to Aubameyang then I think that could be quite fruitful. I think all three are big changes. Obviously, the money you have saved on Hazard, you have moved it to uh, Lacazette. So, just to reiterate, your front line is now what? Lacazette, Aguero, and? And Firmino. Oof. <laughs> That's nine and eleven and another nine and a half close to. Yeah, I've, I've gone big. I've gone big. big Because, like I said, I've gone big up front. And I've got two big guys at the back. And then midfield, I think I've got two big guys in midfield and a lot of form players. So okay. I'm hoping that carries me. Yeah, so Ali, going to you. So have you made your transfers or have you at least made up your mind who you are going to do? I've not made them yet. I have made up my mind. Um, I'm kind of going to do it over a two-week period. I didn't take a transfer last week. So I've got two saved for this week, and I'm going to take a minus four as well. Um, I'm going to. I'm, there's going to be five changes over the next two weeks. I'm going to. I'm going to take out Mkhitaryan. I'm going to take out El Nene. I'm going to take out Aguero, and I'm going to take out Kamara. Um, and I'm going to upgrade Kamara to Firmino, so I can play three. And I'm, I'm actually going to bring Lacazette in for this week. Um, and I'm going to have Lacazette and Abamyang just for this week against Everton. Um, of course, I'm going to bring in Ryan Fraser, and I'm also going to bring in Seri from Fulham for the next few weeks because they've got quite a few favourable fixtures. And at 5.4, I believe he's very good value. Did, he did, you, did you debate getting Seri? And because one of the debates I I also have Seri in mind was I was thinking should I go Seri or just stretch a half million more and get surely maybe I think he's still at 5.9. I didn't even, do you know what? I didn't even consider him. I didn't, I didn't even look at the price. I was actually looking at Yarmolenko, but I didn't want to go down this, you know, one game. Yeah, you don't even know whether it's a trend or a patch yet. I yeah, think West Ham's um, fixtures are pretty bad as well. Are they? Right. I think. Yes. Um, I just they, see they're great from week 
10 to 21, though. See, yeah, so that might be, especially if we can keep picking up half decent points, you know, a goal here and an assist, you know, somewhere just, just a wee bit steady then. If he's got tough fixtures now when it gets hard, then maybe pick him up in there. But I, my, my biggest torn I've got is whether I want to pick up a city midfielder. Um, cause I'm obviously, I'm taking out Aguero out of the team. Um, but it's whether I still want a city midfielder. But it then comes down to which one do you pick? You know, especially Champions League, they are going to rotate because their squad's good enough. Um, do you go Sane? Do you go Silva? Do you go Sterling? But I think that might be a wait until next weekend for that one and see how, if he gives any inclination, like maybe Sane's going to play Champions League and then Sterling will play League or, you know, Bernardo Silva. So I'll try and see if there's any sort of pattern on how he's going to play, but... We all know what Pep's like. We speak about him often enough in the in the group chat. Ball bust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. Even even that's where I'm coming. One, I want to know what's happening with Mendy. I have no idea. There's rumors floating. Even Delph is not fit. And one thing we know is if Mendy isn't playing, he plays Sane. It was no coincidence. Sane played this week when Mendy was out. How much and is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't be surprised. Don't pick Zinja. He might play Sterling at left back, so you never know. But Zinchenko's fall by night. <laughs> because that is what I'm thinking. If 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 the Mendy injury at least looks a few weeks, and with Pep you don't know. He, he says it in the same way whether it's days, weeks, months, years, century. We don't know. It all sounds the same. So I'm just going to wait and see what happens to Mendy because if Mendy is out. I'm actually tempted by Sane because I'm quite sure he's going to play Sane far more. Mm. And that's that's the thing I'm waiting to see. Because my intended transfer, at least this week, was I wanted to move Kamara to Mitrovic. And which was creating all sort of turmoil. Because which means that I have Wilson, Mitrovic and Nagoro. And I want I would want to play all three. And if, mm. But if I play all three, literally I'll have to play only three at the back. Which means I have to bench... The Holy Trinity, if they are fit, they are playing, which means I have, I'm basically benching Holebas and Van Bissaka every game, which is not, doesn't sound very intelligent. And which also means that I play the mid, so midfield is the only place I'm comfortable. I'm okay playing a three or a four. I'm never going to play a five. So in that way, I'm okay. But the point is it creates a debate with my strong forward line. I will always want to play a front three, which means I have to play a back three alone. And which is where is the concern? I don't want to, Put Holebas and Van Bissagon, but just especially when Crystal Palace fixtures seems decent for three, four weeks. After that, they have a murderous line of three, four games where I, obviously we are never going to play Van Bissaka. And the other debate was obviously there are a couple of debates I had. I could go to Mitrovic or I could go to Zaha. Mitrovic is going to, obviously, when he scores, he's going to get a lot of, but everything in Palace seems to go via Zaha. If Zaha plays, they look like a Premier League team, otherwise, they look like a pub team. So I have. I am tempted to go Zaha. I have enough money. I'm tempted to go Zaha, but again, in the back of the mind, I always want to keep that million or 1.2 for Kane. And it's like the Kane budget is reserved. And then, so I've not made transfers yet. And looking at the Champions League game, but temptation is to do Mitrovic and play a friend three, but I'm still very worried about having five really good defenders who have decent fixtures. Um, which means that I would want to play more than a back three. So I'm quite confused and I don't even know what I'm going to do. Uh, but guy coming to you, 
you if i recall you said you have made your change right yes i have <laughs> um i've got to stop bringing in adama triori because i love him um so i've already transferred him out and i've brought in fraser um i didn't beat the price drop but i thought i might as well bring him in early in the week cuz um I literally had point two in the bank, and if Fraser went up any higher, I wouldn't have been able to get him. So I tried to beat a, p- a potential second price increase if, if, there, if there was going to be such a thing. So now I've got Fraser in for Triore, and then I'm going to see what happens with Aguero. Um, as I said earlier, he's got a yellow triangle of death. So if if he's not like if he's not in the squad for the Champions League game, I might just I might wait till the um, press conference as well for I think they have Cardiff this week which makes it even worse because we know what Cardiff are and that is disgustingly bad at football um but no if 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 Aguero misses uh, or if he, if he's eventually confirmed to go out I'll probably just bring in Jesus and then take the minus four because it, I think it would be worth it I mean a Man City striker against Cardiff if they don't score they should probably be set on fire the rumor is that Aguero is fit, but we don't know whether he's playing in the Champions League, though. Okay. I'll, I'll probably just wait for the press conference on that one, because I doubt people will jump off him that much. He'll go down, but I'm not really that arsed either way. Right. But... but imagine trusting a Pep's press conference, though. <laughs> yeah. Ball that's bastard. true. That is true. But Cardiff... He never mentioned a word about Mendy. I know. I know. I think I can get, you can, I can get away with keeping Mendy but, and Aguero. But um, Aguero's one of them weird ones. He always picks up those little niggly injuries, doesn't he? But because it's Cardiff, I don't mind keeping him because if he does play, he should score. Because, I mean, look what Chelsea did. It's took the mick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that's my confirmed one. And that the Aguero one's the one in the bank. And uh, uh, the only issue, other issue I can think of is that Ings, Ings can't play against us. So I'll be definitely rolling with a... Um, a two up front, so if Aguero's buggered, that means I'd only have Vardy. Yeah, so mm, that might be an issue. That's the challenge, though. Yeah, yeah I get it. Especially the Ings owners have a challenge this week. So I was quite surprised to see Ings rising in value this week when he's not even mm. eligible. <laughs> he's not even playing this week. <laughs> so I am quite surprised, though. So obviously, last topic, obviously, we have talked a lot. Last topic is all, what we do always. Captaincy pick. So, Ali, going to you first. Well, I never even... Now, I've left it on Mendy so far, but I think... I think, depending on the way fixtures go, I think I'm going to have to change it to Hazard if I don't bring a City midfielder in. Um, I'm sure Chelsea's fixture's quite... quite nice as well. West Ham away. Yeah, so... I'll either be Hazard or if I bring in a city city attacking player um, at, to at Cardiff, um, I you've got to fancy them there. So, oh, actually, scrap all that. I'm uh, putting on like I said, they're playing Everton. Everton are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I was going with the double pivot at the Arsenal forwards um, against them. Yeah, I'll I'll be Lacazette this week. I think that's the game they get Yerry Mina and... This will be the game Yerry Mina plays and he's Guy, you did confirm that I'm not bringing in Ryan Fraser anymore, though, if you're bringing him in. Um, yeah, but Adama means... tri- if Adama Triori starts next week, I'll bring yeah. him back in. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to bring Adama Triori in this week because you're getting rid of him. Yeah, 
Oh, that's a fair shout. Though. <laughs> and I might captain him just for that and triple captain just to be safe. Oh, you're making me regret that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I'll go with Lacazette for this for captain this week. I think yeah. I think that's going to be one of the most left field charges though, Ali, because especially considering who Chelsea and the City are playing. Let's see. Hopefully, it works out for you. Uh, yeah. The hardest thing for City, I mean, is who who you pick. Um, we again, Pep is just one of those nightmares for fantasy. Um, due to the squad just being so talented, um, Manny's let me down too many times this season, so I won't go on him. Hazard very rarely does it two weeks in a row, which is why it baffles me the conversation that he's the best in the world. Um, and since I brought in Alonso, he's not scored me any decent points. And Mendy's then also not been in a squad. So all my big hitters have just constantly no, let no, me down. No, one thing though, Ali, just looking at Hazard, he's got, he's got three games where he's played like more than 70 minutes. He's got the game week three, eight, game week four, 11, game week five, 20. So game he's week six, back. two. <laughs> just what? One. Game one, game week one and two, obviously he played only less than 30 minutes, but still he got an assist each. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search through, through FPL and find out <laughs> the people who have put the triple captain on this week. Cause there's always some bugger <laughs> who triple captains randomly in a midweek and gets 160 points. So I'm gonna just find out who's all triple captain. We, and find we discuss, I, I, I don't know if you got it. I think game week one or something we discussed the guy who triple captain loops so. Yeah. yeah. Like why? Why? That's a great question. (laughs) Every week, um, I was just looking at that somebody who's used a triple captain every week, um, or or a random bench boost, and they've got like 900 points on their bench. Like, what goes through people's mind using these tokens this early? I mean, it works, so who am I to argue? But give me an idea with a bench boost. My my subs have (laughs) decent fixtures. (laughs) It's just, it makes no sense. Just. Give, give me a break. It's, it's, it's mainly, I don't know, I don't think it's any longer relevant, but it's used to be done because you, people would, they were going to try to win the manager of the week, at least the award, the highest point scorer for the week. But I think FPL is now not giving it to people who have used chips or something like that, I believe. Because before you used to find absurd teams, I've seen game week one teams where, where you had only like people picking 15 players from five teams. Right, so the guy who's overall number one in the world, okay? Now, okay. I'm, guess, I'm guessing he's going to drop down dramatically over the course of the season. He used bench boost in week one, okay? Triple captain in week two. Now, all these paid off. He hasn't had a flaw yet. Wild card in week three. <laughs> and he's three he hit in week four. So he's used every token. <laughs> I would say the only one that's probably let him down is the free hit. But it'd be interesting to see what his score would have been in, with his previous team. But I'm too lazy to work that out. But, <laughs> like, 116 on week one, because he got he used his bench boost. His lowest scoring player got three. And then week two, triple captain, obviously Aguero, 60 points. You know, you wouldn't put it on anybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... The wild card, which again scored them 79 points. Like, 
still consistent. He, he picked his captain, got his highest amount of points. He picked the right player for captain. Of course he did. <laughs> like, how lucky do some people... Like, I take time. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I take time and do some research into my, my transfers and pick my team and look at fixtures. Maybe I should just like wing it and just... That's it. Next season, all out attack. I'm going to use all my chips in the first five weeks and see how we go on. We have got a very own Alan Paddy of FPL. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that was like a rapper rant on on Fergie, but talking about it just, facts. It just it just annoys me like how these players can be so lucky. <laughs> you know, like. I struggle to get my triple captain and bench boost to pay off in double game weeks. And these are guys that are hitting 70, 80 points on things. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Guy coming to you, your captain shot. You've obviously had the Lacazette shot, but from your side. Um, it's between two at the minute. And I mentioned one previously as Aguero at Cardiff. And my other one, who's... Bit more of an outsider shout is Vardy at home to Huddersfield, because we've all seen how bad Huddersfield actually are, and the only problem is Vardy has a mint record against good teams, and Huddersfield are the opposite of that. So at the moment, it's probably on Aguero, but depending on his injury doubts or whatever, Vardy's probably going to be my vice captain. But it'll be between one of them, and um, I'll probably make my mind up on that. But let let's say Aguero for now. But I might use my bench boost. No, that Ali's had that right out of his way. If you score big with your bench boost this week, I'm leaving the group, never appearing on the podcast yet again, and I'm deleting both FPL points. Okay. Thing is, Ings doesn't even have a game, and he might do, and they still might do well. Daniel, uh. <laughs> coming to your captain pick. <laughs> Just a quick shot on on Ali's rant. I think it's a genius idea. And then as soon as you hit week five, you take a screenshot of you being number one in the in the world and then just quit the game and tell everyone, yeah, it was too easy. I got over it. <laughs> and you can go the whole season claiming that you're the greatest ever. No or or you, make, you make a new team and then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's football yeah. completed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of captain's pick, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to wait until after the Champions League games just to see who's who's being used and who hasn't. And you know, as, as has been said, there's a lot of big players with niggles, but it's either going to be between Eden Hazard, who's away to West Ham, Lacazette, who's at home to Everton, or Aguero, who's away to Cardiff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even bothered looking at captain. I've just left it as it is, so it's hazard currently. But I'm just, as you said, I'm just waiting to see if Aguero gets a go in the Champions League or not, and then maybe take a call. And also, this is Chelsea being in the Europa League are playing. I don't know. Yeah, are they playing this week? I assume they are. Uh, so being a Thursday night fixture, obviously need to see what Hazard does or other the Hazard plays. So. Yeah, for me also it's between Hazard and Aguero, but currently it's with Hazard. I don't see a reason why he should not be the captain. His numbers such as good, his fixtures are decent. So maybe it looks like Hazard. Uh, about to close them, but obviously we have had great, solid discussion, diverse viewpoints. Uh, something which we do, and I really want to keep it short this time. So one player to watch out for. 
each one of you can have a go at least looking at the next five fixtures or a differential so going i'm just going to go to guy first god i hate you why oh dear um i'm going to you first so that you can say adam atrore oh yeah i'll just say that thank you yeah let's say adam atrore because <laughs> now that i've dropped him he'll turn into a worldy i have no idea what wolves fixtures are like but it doesn't matter to him he can he can skin anyone and whoever the hell he wants let's be honest and i i don't understand that Man United, so, Man United next. Imagine what he'd do to Ashley Young. There you go. <laughs> I think this has actually worked on this. I don't know if it's a joke, but it's actually turned out to be a decent call. Uh, Ali, coming to you, any player to watch out for in the next five weeks who you think many play, people have not picked? Oh, see, it's the, the, they're not picked. I, I, I was going to say Ryan Fraser um, as, as an outside option for picking up. I think everybody's kind of picking him up after this weekend, but. Um, I think after you're telling me the price of Merler, um, I think Shula is quite a good option. They've got quite nice fixtures coming up. Um, and like they're never going to be easy for Fulham. Um, I'm just trying to make sure. I mean, Arsenal's their only. Just double check it. Yeah, that's not a hard game before. Well, that's it. Yeah, not for <laughs> a forward. No. Uh, I mean, the next five fixtures. I'll just go through them quickly. Um. Is Watford, which I think they could be on the decline now. I think that international break came at the wrong time. Um, then they have Everton, who we've just established our murder. Um, then it's the Arsenal game, who again defensively are so poor. Um, then it's Cardiff, and then Bournemouth. You know, that's, that's quite a nice set of fixtures for a for a low priced to pick up some like attacking material to pick up some points. So yeah, I'm going to take Shula as my as my little outside option for people to keep an eye on. That's a good shot. So Taniwa, going to you? I know I sold him this week after having praised him, but I'm I'm going to bookend myself and praise him at the end. Raul Jimenez from Wolves. He's got Man United away. Okay, tough fixture there. Meh. Then he's got <laughs> then he's got Southampton at Southampton at uh, Southampton at home. Crystal Palace away, Watford at home, Brighton away. I think he's got that goal now. He's, you know, second goal of the season. As I've said, he's hit the post. Um, okay, obviously I've exaggerated, but he has hit the post, I think, about five or six times this season already. He's getting in the right positions. Hopefully this goal now helps him, you know, solidify his conversion rate. And I think at 5.5, he's only selected by 4.9. Uh, pe- uh, percent of of fantasy players. I, I think he's a sneaky one to keep in your team. Wolves look to be playing really good football at the moment, and as I said, his fixtures do favour him bagging a, a couple of goals. And yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. So my picks are not necessarily immediate picks, but my couple of picks are actually basically not player pick, but looking at Brighton. Uh, we are at game week five and their fixtures are obviously next two are still bad. Uh, they are playing Tottenham home and City away, but then they have wonderful fixtures. So I'm just looking at game week eight, nine, ten. They have West Ham home, Newcastle away and Wolves at home. And there is value to be had in this Brighton side. For example, we have Duffy won by 2.7%, Ryan just won by 4%, Murray at 6.5. I see incredible value if he's continuing to be stalled. 
is owned by just 2.1%. So I think Murray is the one I'm going to pick. But obviously, from game week eight onwards, I think it do a lot of teams. I think it's open up teams like West Ham and Brighton are someone to. I already mentioned about West Ham. Game week 10 to 20 looks great for them. Even for Brighton, the fixture looks in terms of fixtures look very good. Obviously, they've had a torturous game week till seven. But obviously, I'm looking at eight to 16. It's West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff, Leicester, Huddersfield, Crystal Palace, and Burnley. So eight to 16 looks. Very good for Brighton. So Brighton is going to be my pick, and in terms of players, I'm going to look at Mare, Ryan, and say someone like Duffy. So those are my picks. So I think we have come to the end. It's been a long part, I think, but very good, interesting discussions. Any feedback, as you should do, let us know. But till next time, good night. See you. Podcast Network.